Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Thoughtful, Thoughtful Christianity, Christianity Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Josh. Josh, you're back in town after a weekend getaway. Yeah, weekend getaway all the way to lovely Knoxville, Tennessee. Had a Yeehaw. wedding. Yeehaw. That's right. He braved the airlines and... Mm-hmm. I wore my like N95 mask, which is not super comfortable, but like, I don't know, it really wasn't that bad. I wore it the whole time from like walking in the airport to walking out the airport and destination. You know, it wasn't terrible. Yikes. Totally doable. But not fun. Yeah, but not fun. I had nice little red lines across my cheeks where the Uh, mask was and then uh. it was like a rubber bandy kind of material. So it was like a little bit irritated. Wow. But it was dope. Dope wedding, godly Christian couple. You know, whenever you are around people who really emphasize the daily expression of Christianity, of like what it looks like to be a Christian, you walk away holier and happier, you know? So it was awesome being with those guys. They're they're great. Man, walking away holier and happier, man. I hope that maybe that, that can be the podcast slogan. <laughs> well, you were talking about a name change. Do you like Holy and Happy? Oh, <laughs> the Holy and Happy podcast. H and H. Unfortunately, I I think that sounds a little too uh, Joel Osteeny or something like that. That's true. It would just no. His would just be Happy. Your best life now. Can I get a name in? <laughs> the Happy but and Happy podcast. The Happy Hands Club. <laughs> <laughs> yes shout out to all all of the napoleon dynamite fans out there that understood that reference so oh i had never knew that was a napoleon dynamites reference we used to call the uh creative movement team at, at church the whole the happy hands oh, club josh, do you remember josh, that josh people from church listen to this that's okay they know we call it that to their face but yeah, yeah back so the wedding was good i am back in town jay what did you do while i was gone um, this was a, a work around the house weekend. Ooh. Nothing too fancy, you know? Just taking care of business here on the homestead. The homeowner's duty, right? Uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah, so nothing too exciting. But Nothing too exciting? But maybe this will liven things up a little bit, today's discussion. Ooh, yeah. What are we discussing this afternoon? We are Joshua? talking about cursing, cussing, oh. and swearing. Christians in language. Christians in language. How they should talk. You want to give it like a dissertation, like kind of style of a name. It's like a language as a medium by which Christian expression is delivered and then throw in some random word. I don't know. I was looking at dissertation topic titles and they're hilariously overlong and weird. You got any of those in your future coming up? Lord, no. I'm not going to get my doctor for a little bit unless I'm wooed by money. Like, if someone pays, I will gratefully go. But no, I want to get to work. I want to do stuff. My man. Not that this isn't work. Start making them fat stacks as a pastor. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly it. Hey, man, you know, it's the American way. It's why I go into pastor. You can live is. your best life now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, sell out the gospel and you get something in return. Private jets. Sin. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> I guess we already did the uh, Prosperity Gospel pod, so people mm-hmm. know where we stand on some of that. And if you don't, oh, yeah. go back and give it a listen. Roast them and toast them. Let us get to the meat. We'll meander into this a little bit. Yeah, so if we're talking about cursing, it's it's weird. I don't think this is a hot topic. Like, I don't see people 
talking about this or debating it, but I was, I was, I was thinking about it while I was writing out some notes on the plane. While it isn't something that like is being debated in the streets, there is a vast difference of opinion on this topic. Mm-hmm. And there is tension. Like there really is. Like when a Christian curses around a Christian who doesn't think cursing as well, there is real like, not antagonistic, but like there's tension there of like, oh, you did something I think of as a sin. So it, I don't know. It's interesting. And something tells me there is also a generation kind of divide there, too. Not with not equally down the line, but like I do think younger Christians edgier teens. Yeah. Edgy teens are more likely to view it not as a sin or as a minor sin. And then older fundamental people are often written off for being old uh, and fundamental. Do you have to be fundamental if you're old or vice versa? Uh, no, you can be anything you want to be inspiring yeah no i think there's like a barbie slogan in there (laughs) probably Um, is but no i think you're right i think it's an interesting topic i i thought which is why we picked it of course we were interested in it because we're interested yeah but we were having this discussion to some degree before we even got on here so we're Mm. we're rehashing all of us you guys Mm -hmm. going back i think some people view it as a a minor thing right Mm -hmm. where it's like Oh, well, like, you know, sure, it's probably not like what God wants me to do, but like, hey, at least I don't like murder people, right? I'm not in in the pen for shooting someone. Or I don't yeah. you know, I, I I give my tithe at church, so like maybe, you know, there's some trade-offs, or I'll get to this eventually, right? Like, hey, you know, it's a habit now, and it's really just something that happens like so naturally I can't control it. So, like, maybe, you know, I'll get around to it at some point, but, like, I'm working on this right now. It's a victimless crime, you know? Yeah. This one's not hurting. I have sins that hurt people. This one's not. Or, you know, I don't don't use it to at people, right? I just, like, use it to spice up conversation, to show emphasis. Too spicy. Mm. But then on the other hand, you've got, like I said, like, I feel like many view cursing as very equivalent to suit and tie in church where it's like oh that's not actually in the bible like you guys are legalistic or i guess too aggressive in applying this it's not rooted in like a conviction from scripture and they would say no it's very very clear in scripture like i was i was joking with you before like i feel like some people think there is a verse that has a specific list of which words in english are curse words <laughs> and there's not but instead of like, the words actually written down, it's like the first letter and a couple of dashes. So pe- people know what they're talking about because the Bible doesn't actually. Bible doesn't curse. That's right. But yeah, so I think that because this is something that there is not like a hard and fast list of thou shalt say this, thou shalt not say that. Yeah. We wanted to start by looking at what the Bible has to say and some passages that helped us and our I don't want to say convicting for us, but that are instructive. They, yeah, they, they inform our opinions, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like or our that's beliefs, one thing. Perhaps that's one thing I've noticed is that a lot of times Christians will talk as if a topic is very simple and clear in the Bible, and when you actually are like, "Oh man, I need to know what they know," like they seem very confident. You get to the Bible. And there's a lot more nuance than they're letting on. I feel like alcohol is one where people act as if 
their opinion is actually written down in the Hebrew, in the Greek. And there's nuance that you have to wrestle with. So like, I'm glad we're going to the text now because we want to know, okay, what specifically does the Bible say? And let's not just take it at face value, but think through like, what are the ramifications of such a uh, statement or topic? So like, it's hilarious to me, Jay, that I didn't even think of James 3. Because, I mean, isn't like in every Bible it labeled taming the tongue <laughs> or something like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I mean, it literally, I think it passed my mind. And then I was like, okay. And then moved on. So for some reason, I didn't cover that. So I think it is wise. It is prudent to turn to James 3 and, and figure out what that's telling us. I have it right here if you'd like me to go ahead and get started. Yeah, man. So again, this is James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. We'll do the 12. Oh, yeah. You need your scripture dose today. That's right. This is the ESV translation. Mm, The right one. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they may obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member and it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, standing the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Father and Lord, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Mm, That was some good reading there. That (laughs) sure is some Bible. So what does that teach us? I feel like that's, as you read it, I realized like that is a good first plank to stand on as we're understanding the foundation. So I took, you know, a list of kind of things that attributed to the tongue. Yeah. Verse, right. says it, it is a fire, a world of unrighteousness, staining the whole body. Set on fire by hell. (laughs) Restless evil, full of deadly poison, and that no human can tame it. Mm. So that's a a tough look for the tongue. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't hold back. What I find really interesting about it is I don't think about the tongue that way. Yeah. So it says the tongue stains the body. But if you think about what Jesus was speaking, he would say, like out of the heart flows 
meaning like the heart affects what the tongue says. And this is saying the tongue affects what the heart says. So maybe there's more give and take than I accredit it, you know, where like the tongue leads us just as much as the heart leads the tongue. Or do you think it's like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. That was like the first thing I noticed when you were reading was like, oh, like this is putting a lot of emphasis on the tongue. But I think that if we look at it, it's not even really saying that the tongue like leads the body. It's saying that the tongue stains. Yeah. Once, once you, so your heart creates these thoughts and these desires and these lusts. And then once it's out, like the tongue is the thing that makes the effect. Yeah. But it impacts the entire body. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's ramifications once it's out of your mouth. And Proverbs tells us that. I mean, right, what is it? Uh, The wise man becomes a fool when he opens his mouth. I mean, it's not that, but it's very similar to that. It's the Mm -hmm. idea that, like, once you've said it, then it's out in the world. Now, God knows your heart, but, like, this is how you affect yourself and others is through your words. Like, it's funny. When we say something really bad, we say, I wish I hadn't said that. Not, I wish I didn't have the impulse to say that. Because if it's an impulse, you're kind of still safe from consequences. But once you said it, like, you've, you've signed your death warrant. Yeah, no, um, it's just a really, I don't know, it's a passage that makes you really wonder, like, about, yeah, the, you know, the capabilities of just the things that you say. Oh, yeah. And, again, like, I don't feel like I think about a tongue like this all the time. No. I mean, I, I remember, like, being an edgy teen and seeing like edgy stuff and like people who are edgy always would be like, I could crush you with just a single sentence. I can see through you and, and ruin your life. And like, they're not, that's not real. Cause they're not clever. Uh, they're edgy teens, but to a degree, like it isn't, it's terrifying to think that I do have the capacity to destruction. If only I knew the right words to say. And often I do often we do. So, I mean, it, it has dangerous ramifications tied to it. Yeah. And like, it says that, you know, like no man can fully tame it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so like it, we know that try as we might, like it's still gonna betray us sometimes. Right. Yeah. And by the same token, it is capable of like blessing. Right. It says like, yeah. you know, this is the mouth that which you can bless our, our Lord and father, but it is also capable for much evil. Right. The classic, like, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The The inconsistency is what's being on blast in this passage. The fact that you can turn a ship into reefs or you can turn it into harbor. Like, the fact that you can light a torch with fire or you can burn down an entire forest or you can bless and you can curse. And then it's funny, he goes and he seems to contradict that by saying, like, yeah. spring can't pour forth from the same opening. But... I think what he's arguing here is that it shouldn't. It should not be that way. It is logically inconsistent to be that way. And yet it is. So what is that? Like, where does that impact the topic of cursing? Because I don't know if it, it, it like it's not it's a good plank to start with, like I said. But is there anything that it like teaches us, like write it out the gate to direct us in our study? It. I think it shows us that our tongues inclination is for evil and it takes a lot of self-control to Mm -hmm. make sure that that is not what is coming out of our mouths so yeah i I, I won't even jump to say that 
cursing is evil. Like, that, yeah. I don't think that's what the text outright says, right? But it, I think we should just, when we think about the things that we say, we should automatically, like the framework we, which we should operate in is that, like, my inclination is to say, like, destructive or unwise or unhealthy or yeah. bad things. Like, that is, like, my very strong bias. Yeah. And I think that it shows that it, what you say matters, period. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's no idle talk. Everything has meaning, even if you put no meaning in it. So, like, it reminded me of one of those passages. Actually, I think it's the first passage I looked up on the plane was Matthew 12. Because, you know, of course, it's it's one of Jesus's most famous uh, lessons, I think. I mean, I hear it more than, often than many others, you know a tree, uh, make the tree good and it's fruit good or make the tree bad and the fruit bad. He actually uses it multiple times. Cause I think that the gospels put it at different places. He might've repeated that very often. Uh, and he says out of the abundance, the heart speaks, what catches me and what I really wanted to, what like was in my mind when I thought about this was I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. And that word careless, like caught in my head of like every word matters. So when we're in this discussion of of cursing, there's no, it doesn't matter or it's insignificant or it's inconsequential because you will be like in the last days, I've made this argument before. I don't think I made it on the podcast, but I firmly believe that. Well, that so you might remember this uh, in youth group. W- there was a bunch of really helpful, amazing videos, but there's one that that seemed really good. And now that I think back on it, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's true. Is it was a line of people, and the pr- first person in line would go and they would stand on a scale, and very good and very bad was on either side. And every time it would drop to very bad and they would like sullenly, I guess, go to hell, uh, which seems really weird. And I'm like, oh, shucks. Whoa, and they're walking you just in cursing the podcast, Josh? Shucks. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. It's a place. Cut it. Alex, cut it. <laughs> cut this. Bleep it out. <laughs> oh, that would be horrible. Can you imagine if Alex just started dropping no matter what it was. <laughs> um, but, and then one guy like was about to step on the scale and Jesus being the bro he is, he was like, I think he was really like a, looked like a bro, like puts his hand and like blocks him and steps on the scale for him. And it's like very good. And then he like skips to heaven and that's like helpful. But I mean, I've made this argument multiple times in Bible studies and in conversations is that the Bible clearly teaches us that on the day of judgment, we will be analyzed. Our works will be exposed. And I'm telling you, this passage says Christians will be seen for their words. Every word will be seen, will be exposed. Uh, Luke, oh man, I, we just read it in our Bible study. Uh, 12, is it Luke? 13. Yeah, it's 12. It's 12. Uh, no, it might be, it's somewhere in the 10 to 12 range. I didn't look it up just now, but... It's what you say in a whisper will be shouted from the housetops. So I don't know. Like, I, I think that drills home with the James thing of like, hey, this matters. Man, this could be like a whole podcast topic. So I'm very curious. 
the judgment stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've made my 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 take for you before, but I, I mean, I think I have a biblical argument for it. Maybe we'll have to do it later, maybe even next week. But yeah, like I think this passage was the one that really convinced me that there there is a case to be made, especially since that Greek word for careless is agron, which is actually in James. It's just where we were. It was literally like the passage before we were reading in James. Faith without works is useless, worthless, unusable, incapable, unprofitable, meaningless. Like that's the vibe you get from this when you, there's only a few uses in the Bible, but each one has this idea of like, it's something that has no worth behind it or work. It's not outright negative. It's just incapacitated paralyzed, unusable. So it is interesting. Like you'll be judged for the words that had, that had no meaning to you as well as the words that had meaning. Yeah. So where's another, I don't know, place we might look for instruction here. Well, uh, I think Matthew has one other one that I really like. Uh, Matthew five. Let me look there. I'm using, I'm not using my Bible today. I'm using my phone because Ooh, the uh, cheater Bible, cheater Bible. Yeah. I wanted to be a good example for all of you, but I'm not. We make so many references. We just, the flipping slows us down, guys. It does. We're just so deep in the passages. Okay, Jay, tell me how you feel about this. If you're interested by my my take on judgment, and I remember you reacting like a little bit shocked by the, uh, when we were talking about this before with the, like, by your words, you'll be condemned. By the words, you'll be justified. Listen to what Jesus says here in Matthew 5.22. But I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to hell of fire. Yikes. Yeah. That is an, hey, that's a hot take right there. No pun intended. <laughs> you're the worst. I am the worst. <laughs> so you're, I guess the idea that words matter here is continued. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'll give you a little bit of context. The Greek word for insult is actually not insult. It's literally, let me actually flip to my Greek just so I can say it for you and show my cool Greek skills. That's also why I have my uh, phone instead of my actual Bible, so I can flip through the Greek really quick. Yeah, raka inakos. Whoever, sorry, ape, to, adelpho, autu, pot, raka. I haven't done greek in a while so excuse my way of oh, saying yeah it, but. we're we're all really criticizing you for how <laughs> bad your greek is <laughs> but it basically it's whoever says to his brother fool and we translate that as whoever insults his brother why because it's repeated with a different word later so they i guess they translate it to make it easy but it literally is like so here jay how what is jesus doing if he says Whoever says you fool to your brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hellfire. I find that very interesting because it's it's a specific word. That's why mm-hmm. that's like interesting to me. So whoever says you fool, and it's a very abusive term, and that also might be why we translate it as insults. It's not it's very anachronistic to think, oh, this was a curse word in their original culture. Jay, you didn't call me on the word anachronistic. 
Oh, because I was reading my I Bible. Just, Sorry. Just, oh, man. You're just too busy reading your Bible too holy. Yeah. I was going to get away with it, but then I was like, no. The reason we do it is because it's helpful. Anachronistic means that you take what is a contemporary concept and you shove it into the past. It would be like calling Emperor Nero a Nazi. It's like it's taking a concept that would have had no meaning and in would have had no context to them and then applying it to them. So I think it's anachronistic, meaning taking the concept of cursing that we have and like specific words and they're off limits, but other abusive words aren't and shoving it into Jesus's time doesn't work. So that's, I mean, that's just a, a take, but no, I find it interesting that he does say specific words are liable to hellfire, Raka and Moray. Hmm. Interesting. So maybe that's what we've established is that words do matter. Yeah. Words right? definitely Hopefully do matter. Hopefully that's something that we've established by this point. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's an argument sometimes you hear people say is like, oh, well, like cuss words are just words, right? Mm-hmm. And so like they don't actually mean anything. Like, you know, it's just like just convention that like, people understand. And, you know, it's it's no different really than like any other assembly of sounds, but yeah, or assign this meaning, I guess. If it's a victimless crime, I think people, nobody says, oh, it's a victimless crime. And what they mean is it's a crime. When you say it's a victimless crime, you're arguing it's not a crime. I mean, right? <laughs> Nobody's like, it's a victimless crime, but I still deserve to go to jail. Like, if you're saying it's a victimless crime, you're saying it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential, it's not a crime. And so, yeah, I think that we've established, like, you might not specifically hurt someone every time that you use a foul language or crude language, but every word is judged by God. Every word is heard by God. Every word will be exposed. I hear you flipping. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go to another passage. Is it going to be Ephesians 5? Yeah. I mean, that's the nail in the coffin, man. That's like a really good passage for this topic. Oh, man. Well, Ephesians 5, 4. Should I just read 4? Uh, yeah, I think 5, 4. I mean, it's in a list, but it, it, it's a list of sins. Yeah, Ephesians 5, 4 reads, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. That's right. That's another good one. <laughs> yeah. I think the point that maybe we haven't said in hopes of maybe giving ourselves an air of fairly examining both sides, but I think we've kind of yeah. come down that Christians should not be cursing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, this is, as you said, somewhat of a, maybe a nail in the coffin, so to speak. But yeah, like the idea of filthiness or foolish talking or crude joking, like the fact that those are clustered together, I think you can even safely say like, like filthiness encapsulates not just like, you know, oh, I'm, I haven't taken a shower in a couple of days, but it's yeah. like moral filthiness, perhaps even specifically, you know, about language. Yeah, it's interesting. So I've, I did some Greek work on, on this passage just because I wanted oh. to know where we go here. Iscrotase is the word for filthiness. And it's really all about shame or something that does not and does does not deserve and should not be brought to light. So in Colossians 3.8, it talks about no obscenity coming out of your mouth. Same word, different conjugation. But 
Yeah, so it's this idea of like unworthy or unfit for speaking. So things that are unfit for speaking, they just bring shame upon you if if they come out of your mouth. So I think that like a lot of people apply this and talk about like sexual jokes uh, because doesn't he say later in this passage like joking. right before it talks about sexual immorality, impurity. Yeah, and it must not even be named among you. You know, it's very similar of like, yeah, this should not even come up with you guys. Yeah, so like filthiness, shamefulness, like this is something that does not deserve to be said. Uh, And I like foolish talking because the interesting thing is, remember we talked about in Matthew 5, the two words for idiot kind of or stupid or just abusive terms. The second one, moray, which is not as as bad, raka's very offensive the word here for foolish talk is literally a combination of the word for idiot and the word for word so idiot word so more it's morologia so idiot word Ah. it's name calling almost it's like a offensive foolish talking i guess is is a great translation and so that has wider implications too not just for like Oh, Christians shouldn't swear, but like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't, again, like you kind of said, like crude jokes that kind of gets wrapped in there, right? Yeah. Foolish talk, you filthiness, like this is encapsulated more than just like a handful of the words that, you know, the the movie people say are bad words, right? There's yeah. like a whole like, there's a spectrum here. Yeah. And I mean, think about like a rap song, like a, a modern day rap song and the clean version. Just because there's no curse words doesn't mean it's not talking about like degrading women and having sex all yeah. over and, and getting drunk and crashing windows. your car. Yeah. yeah. Like just because you took out the words doesn't actually change the song at all or the content. So and I think that yeah. that's something we'll see in the Bible is that, again, we don't have a list of it's not like don't say the A word. It's really rooted in like what kind of, of talking are you doing? Mm hmm. I was thinking about Ephesians 4.29 too. uh, And that's probably the last verse that I really like clung Mm -hmm. to is let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only what such is good for building up. And I think that that really will sum up the Bible's teaching in my opinion. So corruption, that word right there is an adjective meaning diseased or rotten. And it's almost, I looked through the Bible. I did my like Lagos search. Maybe we should be sponsored by Lagos because we use them. But like I did a Lagos search on the Greek word, and it seems like it's only used in reference to biology. Like it's a biological diseasing or diseasing, disease or rottenness. Jesus uses it when he's talking about the bad fruit. Literally, it means like rotten tree or in rotten fruit. And he talks about like diseased fish at some point. And that's like, that's the word here. It's like, this is like rotting words as opposed to building up words. And and I think genuinely that's going to be my argument. And I'm going to come back to this a lot in the next like section. We talk through things is just this idea of like your, your words have a goal and we clearly see a goal there. Yeah. So I guess we walk through the, the Bible piece, right? The Bible piece. That means we're done with the Bible. Yeah. That's right. I got to close it up quick as we can. But just talking about specifics. So maybe maybe somebody out there says like, okay, like 
I hear all this. That's well and good and all, but I'm not convinced. Yeah. Are there even any other ways to appeal to someone, Christian to Christian, if they don't necessarily say, hey, like the Bible doesn't specifically say it. So I have liberty here. I can, I can do what I want type of thing. Well, and I think that that's the question. I think the reason why I think it's good we started with just looking at what the Bible does say is that the accusation I've heard when people are clear and say like, here's my argument for why I do curse is they say the Bible only speaks to intention. It doesn't speak to specific word choice. So I think that's like the question of the podcast is knowing what we know about the Bible and what it says. Now we have to ask, are these specific words to be abandoned? And I just rephrased your question without answering it. That was me dodging. Ha ha. Nice. Why don't you start? <laughs> um, so kind of the way I think about it, right? It is known culturally as cursing or yeah. swearing. You know, very like biased umpires, if you will. Very biased umpires like, you know, <laughs> um, like the FCC or, you know, the people that make Hollywood movies. Like, yeah. These are individuals that... I'm not saying that they're completely godless and that aren't Christians potentially working for these companies, but like by and large, like these are secular yeah. authorities that are saying, oh, like these words aren't appropriate for like young children to hear. Mm-hmm. And like people of certain ages, they shouldn't be hearing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so my appeal maybe would just be that, you know, how, how are we standing out as a Christian? Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, it's culturally kind of understood like, oh, like you probably shouldn't. People say it all the time, like, oh, I shouldn't have said that in church, right? Or like, yeah. oh, yeah, that is, that's a podcast topic. <laughs> Go off. That is frustrating. No, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh-uh. No, uh, I'm going to keep it right on my chest. Man, we're about to have the first podcast rant. No, uh-uh. I've kept no. myself in, in check. I only had one long spiel, so oh, I'm, wow. I'm keeping there. Yeah, You're doing good. I'm doing the Lord's work of not talking because <laughs> the Lord is sanctifying me. Mm. Um, no, yeah. And I think you're, you're dead on with the, the whole idea of like, hey, non-Christians think that this is in some way bad. That doesn't mean they don't do it. But like, oh, I know, I know non-Christians who don't curse around their parents. And it's not because their parents don't like cursing. It's just a respect thing. And I actually know several people like that. It's interesting. When it comes to the specific word, though, I my immediate thought is like, look at the root of these words. People, and I'm going to use a word here, so just prepare yourself. <laughs> you are covering your ears, your holy, sanctified, innocent ears. That's right. C.S. Lewis, in the Narnia series for children, uses the word ass, right? Why? What does that word mean? It means donkey. Yep. And he uses it. They to say it in church songs. They say in I've church said songs. it in church before. I have Singing to, with everybody yeah. else. Many translations of the Bible have that word. KJV certainly has it all over. Uh, the only inspired version. <laughs> the only inspired version. That's right. We're KJV onlyists. We've we just been not. deceiving you. We're not. No, but like why? Because that word means donkey. But C.S. Lewis, interestingly enough, in Narnia, applies it to humans in a derogatory way, even though I don't think he would have considered it a off-limits word. Why? Because if I said, Jay, you're a donkey, it doesn't really have the meaning that it did. But when they said, like, you are a donkey, and of course, using uh, another word, 
I only had one. I was allowed to say it once, and now I can't. That's right. That's like the <laughs> F word in rated R movies. That's right. One one F bomb. And uh, we're still under the the rating. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it meant stubborn and stupid. Like it was this stubborn, foolish, arrogant person. And we still use it that way today. The B word, and I'm gonna, and that sounds childish coming out of my mouth in my head, but I still largely prefer it to just saying it even in example. So I'm going to just suffer through that. But like the B word means female dog. And it's just meant to be an insult. I will say this damnation, damning, a damned thing. It's like deserving to go to hell should be sent to hell should be condemned. It's like these words like, Oh, the word choice doesn't matter. Well, the words themselves don't have a great track record. Do they? (laughs) Like, it seems like their primary intention was abuse. They were always meant to be abusive terms. They may not, they may now serve a non-abusive way, but they were meant to be abusive. And we should wrestle with that. I think you're right. I think absolutely. Love hearing that. Um, yeah, and like, I think, you know, Christians can kind of circle back to this question as a general guiding principle for so much of what they do. But like, is this glorifying to god right yeah like is this something that is making a good a good light of him right am i reflecting him in any way yeah when i say things like this am i being a good witness type of thing i think that's another kind of compelling way to think about it like because even if it's cause even if you don't think there's any like moral ramifications again you could just choose not to do it like there's again yeah. there's like like you've said it like there's people that aren't Christians that are like, oh, I don't curse because, you know, it just Bad. sounds unintelligent or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like crude, a whole, yeah, a whole number of things, right? Where it's just like, I mean, it's a big, I mean, it's a, it's a self-discipline thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, a mental exercise you can put yourself through where it's like, you're going to grow as a person, whatever that means. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're non-Christian, so they don't really have the tie-in for the moral belief. Largely, they do have those. So I think one thing we can just do very easily and very clearly, and it's going to sound obvious, and yet I do believe that Christians are committing a problem or having a problem here. Can we just say any abusive use of a curse word is a sin? Clear and and it, it brings offense to God and it... Jesus died on the cross for it. Like just to give it the ramifications, like the seriousness it needs. Abusive uses of curse words, no Christian should ever use them that way. Of course, like you said, and I think it's admirable and important to say it, is we will fail with our tongue. And Jesus did, in fact, die for those sins. Oh, yeah. You're like looking to a very major one. You know what I mean? Like I've I've definitely used the, the gamut of these words in my life. Yeah. Oh, I have two. And there are people that are probably listening to this that are like, oh man, he's probably changed. He's turned the corner. <laughs> They're either praising God or thinking, you hypocrite. Yes. Honestly, when it comes to Christianity, isn't that always the case? When you are sanctified, people say either, wow, praise God or you hypocrite. Yeah, um, yeah it seems to be the way. Uh, and surely that'll happen if we have a podcast that people listen to. But yeah, but I, I do think like, let's just write... It's weird. When I hear people discussing curse words, they don't just immediately. I feel like this should be instinctual is 
any abusive use of a curse word is obviously off limits. Because there's like, duh, abusive words, like abusive non-curse words are yeah outright bad. Jesus says idiot or stupid is liable to hellfire. They're not the specific curse words we have, but they're abusive, and so we don't use them abusively. So any so if we're talking use and usage. Any abusive usage is clearly off the table. We should all just have a collective Christian, duh, of course, there. And so I guess what it really comes down to then is the non-abusive uses, which I will freely admit do exist. I think that they're usually exclamatory or they're t- for emphasis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe there's a question like, hey, Josh, you know, I don't swear, but you know, the other day I stubbed my toe while I was mm. walking around the corner and... Well, like, is that bad? Yeah. Is that like, am I okay there? Can I let it slide this one time? Like, yeah. Isn't that funny? Have you ever heard a pastor or like a Christian leader on st- anyone with a microphone say like, jokingly, like uh, in a dangerous or painful situation, like, oh, and I didn't please the Lord with my language there. Or like, oh, I, I was, I can't repeat for you what I said there. And you get a laugh. I can't say that George. Yeah. Like, (laughs) again, again, leave that out of here. I'm I'm, I'm trying to coax you. No, uh uh-uh, no rants. That's what I'm going for. What if I just save up all the rants and then one episode, I just crack open and all the rants spill out. Maybe we need to set up a schedule so that I let it out. I release steam. (laughs) It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a short episode, it's be like 20 minutes and just Josh. <laughs> just screaming. Epic rant. Epic. Yes. Now we would market to the teens. Christian guy, epic rant. Epic rant for Christians. You got to hear this. Totally owns the liberals or. Whatever. Yeah, I was going to say the liberals or, or should it be someone else? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whoever the boogeyman is. The KJV onlys. The KJV <laughs> Yes, somehow they get in my crosshairs, and then the podcast is all that. No, uh, we gotta, but we got to meander back on course here. Yes, what were we talking about? Oh, um, yeah, it's funny that like, Christians joke that way of like, on oh, and like, then I said some things I can't repeat here, as if like they were okay, but like technically, like it, it's almost like lip service to this being bad, but not really. It's weird. I don't know. I found that very strange. But what were what were you saying? I. It was in relation. It was on topic, but I forget what you said I was originally. Saying, like, is it better? Like, am, am I bad oh. because I? You know, oh yeah. I I did. I didn't even think about it. Just mm-hmm. nope. in a moment it's of exclamatory pain or surprise or fear or because we have those moments where we're like yeah. we can't necessarily control our reaction completely. Mm-hmm. And I think it, there's no leeway. That's the amazing thing about the Christian message is if you're looking for any sort of leeway, you don't get it. People come to Christ and they're like, oh, I want grace. And what they mean is like, I want leeway. Yeah, I want to be able to do stuff, feel bad about it, but then not really call it a sin. And then just generally say, I'm a Christian and and Jesus died for it. Yeah, the amazing message of Christianity is that you get no leeway and you get what you deserve and Christ took it instead. If the person who's hypothetically asking me that question like wants me to say, no, you didn't mean it. Like it just slipped out. Like that's not bad. Even though you know that those, like let's say they know that those words are wrong and they do believe that they are wrong and then they say them. I would say 
it is okay because you're a Christian and Christ has died for his sins. But like, if you believe those are wrong and you said them anyways, I think that your conscience judges you there. I don't have to. Your conscience already did. I think it's it's a good, I don't know. I kind of want to say it shows the condition of your heart, but I feel like mm-hmm. that can be like misinterpreted. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, like, you know, in the moments of automatic reactions, this is what slips out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of the time we do have the ability to control our speech. Yeah. Right. Like, cause like, there, there are, there are certain people when that, when you're around, like you use different vocabulary, mm-hmm. not even necessarily like cursing or non-cursing, but like you're around different people. Like you talk differently. And so, yeah, no, I think that's when fair. you have no conscious organization of your thoughts mm-hmm. and surroundings, but we used are purely reacting. Oh, then that's your, that's your default setting. Maybe and that's, and that's a sin more because we're simple people. I wonder if this is a fair question and a helpful one. I've never asked anyone, so I don't know. But is this a good question to like search our hearts? Is if you were in the same amount of pain or shock or any whatever call, if you had the exact same scenario, but your pastor was standing right next to you, would you have cursed? Because that proves to me, if you say no, that proves to me it's not an automatic response. It goes through some filter. Somewhere your mind decided on word choice. Like it wasn't just like, oh, I've never used these words before. And they'd like suddenly come out like a little ghost. Uh, Somewhere your mind decided to use that. Uh, Because if you wouldn't around certain people in the same amount of surprise, shock and on the spot moment stuff, then there is some sort of determination. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I think that might be helpful. So I guess what we should start doing is just looking back on what we've done for the last 50 minutes. We've established that the Bible teaches us that we will give an account for all of our words. So words matter. The Bible teaches that words used poorly, abusively, or uselessly are sin. And that words have the goal of building up the church and accomplishing the purposes of Christ. I think we've established that. Maybe not in those words, but I think we could pull verse after verse to support that. High level summary. Yeah. Yeah, high levels, bird's eye view. And then we went on to say that we think that cursing is wrong. So why don't we just take the last few minutes and just give our argument, like in a very succinct way, if you if we can, of like why cursing is wrong. So we did dabble in word choice and we did dabble in meaning. But like to say it succinctly, what would we say? Do you have one like that? Does it glorify God? <laughs> Does it glorify God? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think that's a good one. That's, you know, kind of the big picture lens through which you can evaluate, again, so many different things. But I think you made a really good point before when you were talking about Gentiles, which, of course, I'm using biblical terms. They're non-Christians. And, like, their impression of it. I, that, to me, is one of, is a big part of how I, why I don't curse. It's like, do you want to, like, talk a little bit more about that? You gave us a statement. You said... Look at the fact that non-Christians view this this way. I think it would be helpful for you to say why that in in turn shapes why you don't curse. It's a way to stand out, right? I mean, the environment in which I work is might might not be representative of everywhere because I do work in a Navy environment. The rough and tumble. And there is 
the term is to swear like a sailor, right? Yeah, um, that's true. I didn't so think about that. I, you know, it might be more pronounced where I work, but like when that coarse joking, like when that is not a part of your character, like it's not a part of your, people notice, like people mm-hmm. don't necessarily like, whoa, like you don't, but like. Tell me the gospel. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah but it's like, it's something that. Is people, noticed. Yes, it is noticed. You, you can definitely mm-hmm. tell like, oh, like. Even if it's not something that's like the first thing you think about somebody, you're like, oh, hey, like you think like, oh, like, yeah, like they don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, and so no. I think that's just generally a way you can stand out because again, mm-hmm. now as a quote unquote adult, like it's a, it saturates everything, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. on the TV, it's on the, it's a, a lot of music, right? Yeah. Entertainment, just conversation with your friends, social media, like it's, it's kind of everywhere. So, Yeah. I've never given this argument to anyone before, so Jay, you are you're gonna be the judge of whether or not it, it's fair, I guess. But here's my argument for why I do not curse, and I had it kind of in vague form in my head for a long time, but this is the first time I wrote it down on paper. And so it starts with, "We must eliminate all abusive uses of these curse words." So first off, all of that's off the table. So now we're just dealing what what you're left with is meaningless exclamations or emphasis because I don't believe there's anything else, right? So my argument starts by saying the only ways that we use curse words are meaninglessly or abusively. The words are not inherently wicked and they can be used benignly, but I don't believe that these words can build up the church. Like they they don't have that function. And again, this is my opinion, my my argument. Then also consider that the world today still considers a Christian who curses someone who has lapsed in their faith. Not like a shipwreck, but like they see that as an inconsistency. I know enough non-Christians to know that, that many of the ones I've met do see someone who's cursing and is a Christian as a, uh, oh my gosh, what's the thing where it's too, a jumbo shrimp? What is it? Oxymoron. Oxymoron. Yeah. A cursing Christian for a lot of non-Christians is an oxymoron. Then the next level of my argument is not cursing often attracts interest in your faith. It is a almost automatic attraction. And so how do I tie all that together? Here's my argument, plain and simple, is since empty words cannot build and these words draw offense to brothers and sisters in Christ, and they seem sinful to the world, I think it's prudent, practical, and strategic to abandon them completely. Couldn't get the third P, huh? <laughs> no. There's another one that's wise, but I left that out. I was trying to make prudent. it sound better. Practical and strategic. Oh, what's a good strategic word for P? Pragmatic. I was going to use that one, too. I don't yeah. Know completely works. Yeah, but so, I mean, that's my argument. And the only way that I think that that argument falls apart is if you found some way that cursing, in fact, does build up the church in a way that other words does not, do not. Gets the church fired up. Yeah, yeah. Or so King's Kaleidoscope has a song with a curse word in it. And their argument is it's just one. and it, But it is the F word, surprisingly enough. Yo. Yeah, I know. Yo. I know you didn't know that. Whoa, uh, yikes. Yeah. And their argument is, so it's a song about like suffering and crying out to God. And there's people going. Well, yeah, their argument is 
this is authentic. Like as in it, you're not at your most poetic and beautiful and, and orderly. It's not swearing. Yeah. No. When you're, when you're, when you're suffering, like if you're suffering, you're oh. going to cry out in your most raw way. And they argue like, so we use the F word because there's many people who in their like suffering, crying out prayer, desperate prayer would probably curse. I don't find that build that doesn't build up because you already admit at that point that this is a a moment of weakness, not strength. So like, I mean, I I don't think that that these words can help the church. They're not beneficial. They just have to be authentic. Anything for the sake of authenticity. Do you want a rant? (laughs) I do. You wanted a conversation, (laughs) Um, but you just wanted me to rant. I'm just trying to poke the bear. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm a bear. That's that's it. But yeah, so I mean that's that's my argument. I'm trying to think if I can summarize that better. You cannot use curse words abusively. Curse words are only used abusively or meaninglessly or I guess anywhere uselessly maybe. Those outside of the church view it as a lapse. Those inside the church may be offended. And these words cannot be used in a way that's beneficial to the church, only neutral or negative. And therefore, we should abandon it. Yeah. And even if you think you have a biblical leg to stand on and like freedom to do so, I think these are like all things that still should like convince you to. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think this is a Christian. So just my opinion, and, and this is probably the hottest take I'll have on, on cursing, because in general, I think that we have been pretty fair and, and very tried to walk a very biblical line, not going beyond what it says. I don't think that this is a, a place of Christian freedom. I don't personally. And I don't, I don't know where you fall on that. But like for me, a Christian freedom is on a nuanced application without clear logical steps to it. So John MacArthur and Jonathan Lehman disagreeing on the church staying open and having civil disobedience with the government, which is a very, very hot topic. So I'm not going to go into it. I think that that is a, a debate on Christian freedom because what they're saying is here is a very, very, very specific, specific situation. It's occurring right now in history. It's not an, a lifelong thing. It's a historical moment. And we're asking how does a verse that that is very general apply to it? I think you can logically get to a place where you say, yes, the Bible does condemn using these words. And that's how I got to it with my argument. Uh, but I think other people will disagree and say it's a, it is a Christian freedom. Yeah, that's probably the, I left the hot take for for last. Mm, couldn't get it's not a rant, rant. Either, though. What a shame. What? Maybe next week. No rants. Come back next week. See if we can Josh to do a rant, guys. <laughs> Did you just want to talk less, or do you want me to talk more? I just want you to do the right amount of talking at the right time. Oh, so just. A rant. <laughs> yeah. What's the right rant time? Is it early, middle, or end of a podcast? Um, you know, like for us, probably like the, the thirty-five minute mark. Mm. All right. Like a slow build, and it's Alex can add dramatic music that like yeah, slowly like, gets you know, louder. <laughs> and you have a couple things where you, you you start you start getting going, and then you're like, oh no, no, and then you kind of back down. And then oh. the floodgate just opens. You, you build the drama throughout. The fake out. You no, know, you, you build to the freaking volcano eruption. Yeah, but you said there's like a little tiny, it's like a, on one of the roller coasters at Bush Gardens where like you go down a little tiny hill and then you hit the major hill. Just wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-listen to this and make sure I do it next week. 
and you're I not going to know what hit you. Just listening to myself just now, I think that that was topic we didn't even cover. I didn't I say did I say the word freaking? I know we didn't touch it. We could have gone into the whole like meaning versus yeah implied intention. Yeah, nice. and that is that is a hard Call topic. Me out. Call me we out. Did, I think we did the very foundational here, but honestly, we could do an entire podcast on substitute words. With a rant. With a rant, yeah. And you know what's funny? I, I think, was I the one who suggested this topic? Probably, because you suggested yeah. good. No, I don't. You suggest good stuff. I'm trying, I'm trying to hype you up. Thanks, man. Yeah, listen to him. I'm great. Uh, <laughs> but the reason why I, I even thought of this was because I was having a conversation with my dad and sister where we where my dad said it is odd like what is the difference between a curse word and any of the other clear and obvious substitutes so I mean that literally was why I started thinking about it but thank the lord we don't have time sorry dad we couldn't answer your question no so he'll never know yikes all right don't you do it we strung the people along for long enough long enough now so yeah all right, All right. These are your boys signing off for this week. Go out and don't curse. <laughs> Until next time. Hit us with that music, Alex. Alex.